Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I'd like to uh, start this morning by praying. Uh, we need to remember to uh, pray for our country. Uh, we need to maybe uh, up those the closer we get uh, to uh, November the 3rd. I also want to pray against, to continue to pray against uh, this uh, coronavirus. Uh, and let me just say uh, that uh, it is time. Uh, for all of you, good job. Uh, it is time uh, for the people of God uh, to come back to church, to come back to the church. Uh, this coronavirus separating and causing fear uh, has been uh, long enough, and it's time for it to come uh, to an end, and we need to return to gathering together as the people of God. So if you have gotten out of the habit of it, that time has come to an end. And I, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus' name, am telling you that it is time now to come back to church, to come back together with the people of God. If you are struggling and in need of life change and don't know what to do, let me give you some advice. Come to church. Get up on Sunday morning and come to church. It is a powerful step in the right direction. If you put it together with another week and put it together with another week and you put it together with another year and another year, you will find that your life has been changed and transformed. We need a revelation of the power of church attendance. We got to come to church. You got to get up, stop making excuses and come together on Sunday morning with the people of God. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. I would also like to say to all the Christians out there, see, I can do this now because we've got a little bit larger of an audience. We're not only on Facebook Live, but also on our website and also on a podcast. So talking to more people than just here, which is kind of fun as a preacher to think about. Let me say this to you. Um, <laughs> probably going to get myself in trouble here, but anyway, here we go. Right? If you don't really know what to do as a Christian, just look at Hollywood and do the opposite. Whatever they're doing, just, just do the opposite. So I've been telling everybody to, to get out and vote, but then I noticed that Hollywood's telling them to get out and vote. So I'm going to stop doing that. All right? You just got to do the opposite of whatever Hollywood's doing. If you are not a Christian, don't get out and vote unless you're going to vote Unless you're going to vote biblical Christian values, then you can get out and vote. If you are a Christian and you're not going to vote biblical Christian values, then just stay home. Stay home. But if you're a Christian or you're going to vote according to the Word of God, then we need to get out and we need to vote our faith and trust in Jesus Christ 
our biblical values. Again, let me say it if you're just not sure. If Hollywood's doing it, promoting it for it, maybe you should question it. All right. Probably get myself in some trouble, but hey, you're probably not that great of a preacher if you don't stay in a little bit of a trouble anyway. All right. All right. Let's pray for our country. Let's pray for our time together. Lord, we bless you and we exalt you and we praise you. Now, we thank you for the United States of America. We know that this is a country that has been founded on the truth of the Word of God. We know that truth and freedom are, are inseparably united. That if you try to pull truth and freedom apart, if you try to take truth away, then, then freedom also goes away, Lord. We know that we are a free country because we are founded on the truth of the Word of God. Because we are a country that declares, in God we trust. And we do declare this this morning. As citizens of the United States of America, we declare that we trust in you, Lord. In God we trust. And we pray that you would bless us. That you would bless the United States of America. Lord, we pray that you would give us uh, the leader uh, who proclaims you. Uh, who uh, trusts in you, uh, who makes decisions uh, that are based on the truth of the Word of God. Move miraculously and powerfully uh, in our nation, uh, Lord, and help us to move in the direction of, of turning back to you and, and, and declaring from sea to shining sea that we trust in you and that we live for you, and that we will serve you. We pray your help to our country in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we just pray as we move into our service this morning uh, that you would bless us uh, by speaking to us. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Take a coffee break. If you know me well, then, you, then you're probably not surprised by my calling people to come back to church. You know, I'm all the time telling people to attend a church, that we got to attend a church. And I know, I know that there are many that do have you know, legitimate issues and stuff like that. But for all who can, whenever they can, it is so important for us to come together as uh, the people uh, of God. And I just, I just encourage everyone to just pray that uh, over, uh, over the church uh, in America, over the Christian uh, in America, because there's such a large number of people who claim faith in Christ and such a low number of people who are actually living that out uh, by faithfully uh, attending church on Sundays. Um, I would like to continue our uh, series that we started uh, last week, uh, calling it uh, Legendary. Uh, last Sunday we looked at the uh, legendary Apostle Paul uh, and this uh, legendary decision uh, that he made. This man was completely committed, uh, wholeheartedly uh, had given himself to destroying the church and when he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, he did a complete 180. He recognized that he was wrong and he changed. 
And instead of living to destroy the church, he became the hardest working builder of the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, maybe ever. It is a legendary decision that he has made because there are many who who are on the wrong path who are headed to Damascus, who are committed to the wrong things, and have a Christ encounter, and instead of doing a 180 and changing, they just push past their Jesus encounter and continue headed down the wrong road. There are many, many, many who find the path that is broad and wide and head down that direction. There are only a few who go through the narrow gate, down the narrow difficult path, that path that leads to life. So I think we need to be legendary. And if we recognize, if you recognize, man, I am wrong If you see Jesus and you recognize, I am wrong, then you need to change. You need to repent. You need to have the integrity and the courage and the humility and the wisdom to make a life-changing choice and get off the wrong road and get on the road of living your life for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul made this legendary choice. It's, It's legendary because it was so remarkable and rare and rememberable that it makes him famous and, and, and celebrated and a story that needs to be proclaimed and told. Paul lived a legendary story, one that needs to be told and has been told uh, for uh, generations. And I think, I think there's a, a legendary call of God on your life. All of you who are listening, I believe that there is a legendary call of God on your life that He wants each and every one of us to live a story that, that when we're done, needs to be told. To live legendary so that our story is so Christ-centered and Christ-focused that, that our story is one that will be told for generations to come. So as we look back into Paul's life this morning, we see another reason why this man was so legendary, and and it is a reason that we all need to learn from this morning. Now, I'd also like to bring into the conversation Daniel, because Daniel was legendary as well. And I'm not going to look at some of the scriptures, but you can go and study the life of Daniel on your own. But I want, I want you to see this morning that, that this is not just true of the Apostle Paul, but that this is true of Daniel as well. So instead of just having one example of this, one evidence of this, we will have two examples of this. And that just seems to add some more force and weight and authority to this legendary thing that Paul and Daniel have done. So I want to go ahead and give it to you. And then uh, we will just unpack it and show that, that it is true. Paul and Daniel both uh, found themselves living in a very anti-Christ, anti-God uh, culture. Let me, uh, let me just uh, kind of give you a little glimpse of, of what that looks like uh, in, uh, in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, we'll start there. 1 John 4, verse 
verse 1, John is going to uh, speak to us about uh, this, the Antichrist. And he says this here, starting in verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, so here we find out that there are some false things that are taking place in the world. So I just want you to know that in Paul's day, this is true in Paul's time, and this is also true in Daniel's time. He goes on in verse 2, it says this, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And so If we don't want to be deceived by these false spirits, these false prophets, the deceptive deceptions of uh, the time, uh, then then what we're to do is we are to see Jesus and to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And if we will keep our eyes fixed on Christ, then, then we will be okay. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. So, so we, have this, uh, we have this understanding, right, that in the future, the Antichrist is going to come. And John says this to us, that this is going to take place, and we have heard that this is coming. But then he tells us that this has already begun, that even now in the world there is the spirit of Antichrist. This is true in Paul's time. This is true in Daniel's time. It's an Antichrist spirit in Daniel's time. Even though you know Jesus hasn't come in the flesh yet, there is still this moving and, and deceiving of the Antichrist spirit in his time. Now, We know uh, from the book of Revelation that the force uh, behind uh, the Antichrist uh, is the devil, uh, Satan, uh, that ancient serpent uh, who deceived Eve and has deceived generation after generation after generation. And we know that the devil is the father of lies. We know his purpose, we've got to remember these things, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy that remember remember first uh, peter 5 that he roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and that he is doing all of this the weapon of choice is lies it is falsehood it is uh, deception and so the spirit of antichrist is 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 uh is working the same way. It is a deceptive spirit in the world, in the culture, a deceptive spirit in the world, in the culture, a false spirit in the world, in the culture that is not moving to bring life and that more abundantly, is working to steal, kill, and destroy. So we've all got to be aware as the people of God that in the culture that we are in, in the world that we are in, it is incredibly deceptive. And the deception is, here's life, here's life, here's life, here's life, when in reality it's a deception. In reality it's destruction, destruction, destruction. Well, the deception of the Antichrist is here is life, but when we fall into that trap, it steals, 
kills, and destroys. This spirit already in the world, this is the spirit that was at work in the days of Paul. And this is the spirit that was, that was even at work all the way in the times of Daniel. Paul found himself in a very anti-Christ culture in an anti-Christ world. And Daniel found himself growing up in Israel in a God-centered culture that was founded on the Word of God. And this man grew up having his life built on the Word of God. Hallelujah. Having trouble not chasing a rabbit trail right here? Let me chase it. Hallelujah. Parents... Listen to me now. If you want to prepare your children and your call of God to, to have to live in an anti-Christ culture, then you have got to give them a foundation of the Word of God. Come on. I'm thankful for schools and I love them. But we've got to, we've got to make church more a priority. Right? Schools are full. Churches are empty. Come on, parents. Come on in Jesus' name. Get up, get your kids, and get them to church. What in the world is the matter with you? Get up, get your kids, and get them to church. And don't bring them and drop them off. You bring them here, and you stay here with them. Or if you can't get to this church, you get to a church, and you get your kids in that church. Otherwise, you're going to send them off into an anti-Christ culture that's going to eat them alive. Because they don't have a foundation on the Word of God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Chase it. Thank you, Lord. Daniel's prepared. And, and, and he's ripped out of his culture and placed in an anti-God, anti-Christ culture. But he's going to be alright. Because his foundation is already set and secure it is the word of God. And Paul finds himself in an anti-Christ culture as well, but he's going to be all right as well because his foundation is on the word of God and it has all come alive to him because of a revelation of Jesus Christ. His focus is on Jesus. His foundation is God's word. He's going to be okay. So let me tell you, what makes these two legendary? Okay, what makes the Apostle Paul legendary is that in an anti-Christ culture, he was not influenced by the culture. He instead influenced the culture. He wasn't conformed to the pattern of the world. He transformed the culture that he lived in through the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Daniel, same thing. Daniel finds himself in an anti-Christ culture and he is not influenced by the culture. Instead, he lives in such a way as to in influence the culture that he finds himself in. Hey, yeah. Hallelujah. There is a legendary call of God on your life. On your life, people of God 
We are called to not conform to the pattern of this world. We are called to not be influenced by the culture. We are called to influence the culture. We are not called to be darkness in the darkness. We are called to shine the light of Christ in the darkness so that we are not changed by the world, but we change the world. Daniel was not changed by his culture. He changed his culture. Read the life of Daniel and you will see that he recognized the culture, the Babylonian culture, this anti-God culture, this anti-Christ culture is trying to change me. And he drew a line in the sand in Daniel chapter 1 and he said, I will go no further. They changed my clothes, they changed my hair, they've changed my name, I'm done, that's it, that's all the further I am going. I will not be changed anymore by this anti-God culture that I find myself in. And instead, he lived in such a way as to change the culture that he lived in. And he had such an impact on Nebuchadnezzar's life, listen to me now, that I think we will meet with Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. I think he's there. I think he is. He had such an impact on Cyrus's life that I think he may be there as well. He changed the culture. And God so used this. I'm holding up a finger, right? Because this is one man. One individual man that said, I will not be changed by this culture. I will not conform to it. I will not let it influence me. Instead, I'm going to turn the power of God and the truth inside of me and the, and the light of Christ, I'm going to turn it on the culture and I'm going to change the world that I live in. He, this one man, this one man, God so used him that I believe that God so used Daniel to change the culture that Daniel changed the world. And that it was through Daniel that God worked and moved to prepare the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. He had that much of an effect hundreds of years later because he refused to be influenced by the culture, but instead to influence the culture. Listen to me, Christians. There's a call of God on our lives to be legendary and not to be changed by the world. We are not to look like the world and talk like the world and act like the world and certainly not to believe like the world. It is influenced, deceived, and led astray by an anti-Christ spirit, but not us. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the truth of the Word of God. We have our eyes fixed on Jesus. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Light isn't overcome by darkness. Darkness is overcome by light. We are not to be changed by the world. We are to be world changers. Each and every one of us. You say, what in the world difference can little old me make? 
Maybe Daniel had that thought too. But he stood his ground and said, I'm not going to be changed. I'm going to change. And if you will stand your ground, listen to me, young people. If you will stand your ground and say, I'm not going to be changed. I'm going to change the world that I live in for the cause of Christ. Then God, like he used one single man, Daniel, will use one single you to change the world for generations to come. Paul does the very same thing. He walks into an anti-Christ culture, and he is not influenced, but he influences. He is not changed, but he changes. So much so that there is this incredible statement made in Acts chapter 17 uh, that I wanted to read to you. Acts chapter 17 uh, in verse 6. Let me tell you what's happened here, uh, just to remind you. Uh, This is Paul and Silas uh, are together. Uh, They have just been uh, in prison together, and they worshiped their way right out of prison. God sent an earthquake, uh, shook the jail cell. Uh, The the guard was saved. His family uh, was saved. Uh, Many lives were changed and transformed. And then uh, Paul comes into Thessalonica. Paul and Silas come in to Thessalonica uh, in chapter 17. And Paul, as is his regular custom, goes to the synagogue and he there proclaims uh, Jesus. Uh, You can read uh, down through the first part of chapter 17 and you will see that there he proclaims Jesus crucified, buried, and risen again, the only begotten Son of God. And, and he's preaching Jesus. And so what happens when we preach Jesus in an anti-Christ culture? Opposition. He gets opposition. And it's, it's kind of funny because it's like so relevant to today, right? They go and they, and they get people and they stir up a riot. <laughs> so everyone will change things. They stir up a riot, right? So maybe an evidence of an anti-Christ culture is stirring up riots to, uh, to, uh, to stop you know, the work of the Lord from going forward. And, and this is what the world uh, says about Paul uh, in, in Acts chapter 17, verse 6. I had Scott put in here for me the, uh, the King James of this, the new King James of this, uh, um, because I like it. And that's the reason why. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason. Oh, yeah, and it's got my name in it, too. (laughs) Jason and some other believers before the city officials shouting, These who have turned the world upside down have come here, too. They recognize, right, that these men have not been turned into the world. That these men have stepped into the Antichrist world and have turned it upside down for the cause of Christ. This is what Paul did everywhere he went. And it was hard. They persecuted him. They beat him. They tried to kill him. The enemy was against him at every turn, but this man lived legendary in an anti-Christ culture. He was not changed by the culture. He came in and turned the world upside down. 
You know what we need? We need some, you know, I'm seeing like on, on Facebook and social media, like Christian young people who have been so influenced by the culture that they believe the false truths of this culture. They believe lies about abortion. They believe lies about marriage. They believe lies about the Word of God. They believe lies about every other thing in this. They're, they're influenced by this culture, and we need a revival. We need, we need them to be changed and transformed and, and say, I'm not going to conform to this anti-Christ culture. I'm going to turn this world upside down for the gospel of Jesus' name. How in the world is this taking place? How is this happening? We are not called to be conformed to the world, to turn to the world. We are called, there's a legendary call of God on each and every one of our lives, and it is to turn the world upside down, and we can. If we will like Paul, and will like Daniel, say no, I will not be conformed. No, I will not be influenced. I will shine the light of Christ in the darkness. Have you ever been in a dark room and turned on a light and the darkness won? Does the darkness ever overcome the light? Every time I turn on a light, the darkness is repelled. The darkness is held off. The darkness is moved out. It is moved away. I remember one time when Joy and I were late teens, early 20s, we were in a cave spelunking. And it was dark in there. There was no light in that cave anywhere. But I guarantee you this. It was thick, black, darkness. Couldn't see a thing. But you turn a light on in there, and you could see Turn a light on in that cave, and I could walk my way out of it. Well, walk, crawl, climb, pray, whatever I had to do, get out of there. We could get out of there because the darkness is not more powerful than the light. If you don't believe me, you go read Ephesians 5, I mean Matthew 5, and Ephesians 5, that you are no longer darkness, that you are the light of the world. And what does Matthew 5 say? It says, a city on a hill cannot be hid. Shout amen, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Right? A city, that's we're saying again, a city on a hill shining its light cannot be hid. Right? I mean, if Savannah will get some fire down inside of her and she'll climb up on a hill and she will shine the light of Christ, it don't matter how thick and bad the darkness is. It doesn't matter how the enemy comes against her. The light of Christ will shine. The darkness will be repelled. Lives will be changed and transformed. The world will be turned upside down for the cause of Christ. Come on, Christians. We cannot hide our light under a bushel. How's the song go? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I might let it shine. Maybe let it shine. If the world's not too dark, I'll let it shine. No, this little light of mine, 
I'm going to let it shine, 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 let it shine. I know y'all think I'm crazy, right? But I am sick and tired of having the culture run over the Christian and having the Christian bow down and conform to the culture. It's time to stand up like Daniel and say, enough is enough. I will shine the light of Christ. I've not been called to conform to this world. I am called of God to live legendary and to transform this world by the light of Christ that is shining on me and in me and through me. I'm going to let it shine, going to let it shine, going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. I know you guys think I'm nuts, right? But we've got to get this down inside of our heart, right? Because everybody's saying, hide it under a bushel. It's okay if you've got it. Just hide it under a bushel. I will not. Hey, yeah. Hallelujah. Excuse me. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Shine till Jesus comes. Won't let Satan poof it out. I'm going to let it shine. I will not let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Shine till Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody, and let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine until He comes. Let it shine until he comes. And instead of being changed by this culture, we will change the culture. Let me remind you of what Paul teaches us in 2 Thessalonians 2. I don't know what God's doing in our church, but maybe he's doing something. Amen? When you feel the presence of the Lord descend on us as we worshiped him this morning... Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm preaching like this, but hey, let's do it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't like wake up this morning saying, hey, I'm going to go shout in church. You know what? That song wasn't even in my mind. Wasn't even in a thought in my head. Right? Let's just let the Holy Spirit move uh, sometimes. Just let all the time. That's right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Paul's going to speak to us about this uh, anti-Christ uh, spirit. Uh, he's going to talk to us about uh, what's coming and, and, what, and what is. <clears throat> and he says this, he says, uh, starting here in verse 4, he's already said some stuff, but we'll jump right here. Talking about the Antichrist, he calls him the man of lawlessness here. He says, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. This is, this is the craziness of this Antichrist spirit. He continues, Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things, and now you know what is holding him back. So then he talks about something holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. Remember now, we already know the Antichrist spirit is in this world, and now Paul told us that something is holding him back. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. So he, he confirms here with 
uh, agrees here with 1 John that this uh, spirit of Antichrist, this spirit of lawlessness, is already at work in our culture, in their culture, in our culture. This is why I'll bring this up again because I want Christians to know that there is this deceptive anti-Christ spirit that is at work in our culture that wants you to hide your light, wants to blow your light out, and I will not. But the one who holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And so there is, there is something holding back this anti-Christ spirit. And it is, it is the Holy Spirit-filled church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is you and I shining our light. What does the light do? It, it even looks like that, doesn't it? Like when Joy and I were in that cave and, and you turn the light on, it like holds the darkness back. It like pulls it up and holds it back. And the darkness cannot come in and defeat the light. We, the Holy Spirit-filled church, are holding back this spirit of Antichrist, which, which remember, is, is influenced by Satan who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So if we say, if we say, you know what, I'm just going to hide my light because I don't want to offend anybody, right? Then we're not holding the darkness back and the spirit of steal, kill, and destroy, devour, has now overcome some people. So if our offense saves lives, then heaven help us, let's offend. If the light offends and saves your life, saves someone's life, then let's shine the light of Christ. Let's hear the the compelling cry of Jude and let's labor to snatch some from the flames, to snatch them from hell by shining the light of Christ. The church is holding back this spirit of antichrist that is in the world until it is taken out of the way. Now we know that that in the future, when the rapture comes, that then we, the church, the Holy Spirit-filled church, will be taken out of the way and the light of the world will be removed and the Antichrist spirit will be free to run rampant. And what takes place when this happens is the culture of the world very powerfully and clearly reflects the spirit of the Antichrist. It shows us what the Antichrist culture looks like. And I just want to show it to you so that you're aware of it. Because it looks a lot like our culture looks right now. In Revelation chapter 5, if you remember, Jesus takes the scroll with the seven seals. In Revelation 6, he begins to open the seals. The first seal that is opened is, is the, uh, the rider on the white horse who is given power to conquer. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that this is the appearance of the Antichrist in the, in the tribulation. It's that first rider on the horse. So here comes the Antichrist into the equation. He's given power to conquer. And then Jesus continues to uh, open seals and it brings about uh, plagues and, and trouble on the world. So much so 
uh, that at the end of chapter 6, the world says, uh, they say, they say, this is the Lord and His Son who are doing this and, and who can bear it? They recognize that this is God's judgment on the world. And then the, the last seal is, is played out with seven trumpets. And so these seven trumpets, they, the, the begins the blowing of these seven trumpets and they bring about judgments on the earth as well and, and, and some terrible, terrible things that take place. One of them is that an angel with the key to the abyss comes and unlocks the abyss and releases these locust uh, uh, scorpion creatures upon the earth that have the power to sting everyone who is not marked by the Lamb of God. In that time, if you are not raptured, you put your faith and trust in Jesus and make sure that you are marked by the Lamb of God, sealed by the Lamb of God. As we come to the end of chapter 9, they have the, 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 the culture has, has come through so much judgment and we get a, a description, a look at what the Antichrist culture looks like, completely, uh, completely released, free, not withheld by the church, by the Holy Spirit at all. This is what it says in Revelation 9, starting in verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. So this Antichrist culture, here we get this look at it, is a, is a culture that, that for some reason will have just this incredible difficulty with repentance. And we, we see a, a, a little bit of that in our culture as well. Where, where it's just like, it's people know the truth. They know the truth. They see Jesus. They will not repent. This is what Revelation 1 says, right? That they know God. That creation clearly proclaims Him. But they choose to deny Him. They refuse to repent. They make a decision to push through the Damascus Road encounter with Jesus and to continue on their sinful path. It's what, it's what 2 Peter 3 says, that they make a decision in their hearts, even though they know that this is, even though they know the second coming of Jesus is right, they decide, they deliberately choose to forget the truth of the scripture. Antichrist culture, they do not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. This anti-Christ culture is, a, is an idol-worshipping culture, especially worshipping the gods of riches and wealth. Verse 21, Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. These are very clear signs, evidence of an anti-Christ culture. If you find yourself in a culture that is not against murder, 
That is not again, this, this word magic arts uh, here, the, this word uh, in the Greek is the word that we get uh, medical uh, from. It's not, it's not like referring to doctors and medicine and all that is good, but referring uh, to a turning to drugs, to uh, destructive, uh, addictive uh, drugs. We see that in our culture. We see a, a drugged, uh, plagued uh, culture. Where, where there is, there is uh, drinking and there is uh, smoking of, of pot is legalized in, in many places and, and there is uh, cocaine and all of these drugs that are out there that are so incredibly destructive working about uh, the purpose of the enemy and, and, and we see a culture that is moving to try to make that acceptable and okay and good and, uh, and then there's uh, sexual immorality. They would not repent of their uh, sexual immorality. See, this is not, this is not a Christ-honored thing. This comes in an anti-Christ culture. If you find yourself in, 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 in a culture that approves of sexual immorality, that is the work of the anti-Christ in that culture. And we cannot be deceived and led astray by these things. Murders, magic arts, sexual immorality. This is, this is not okay. This is not acceptable. This is not life-giving. This is destructive. It steals, kills, and destroys. Let me just say this, in case you don't know. Biblically, biblically sex is between a man and a woman who are married, who are in covenant marriage. Anything outside of that falls into this. Sexual immorality, it is a destructive deception from the Antichrist. And when this begins, when sex gets outside of covenant marriage, it goes rampant. And it is a locust that devours and will not stop. Or thefts. Isn't that interesting? That thefts drop in there on this. We see this taking place in our culture right now. All of a sudden, stealing is acceptable, you know, if, if you're in the situation, right? If somebody's done wrong to you, right, then you can break into their store and take stuff out of it. That, that is all of a sudden acceptable. It's wrong. It is an anti-Christ culture that looks like this. And this anti-Christ culture that says that abortion is okay, that says that drugs are okay, that says that sexual immorality is okay, that throws the golden rule out and says that you can steal is okay, that antichrist culture can not be allowed to influence you. You cannot start accepting what this kind of culture is saying. You've got to draw a line in the sand as the people of God and say no. No, no, no. I am not going to live conformed. I am not going to be changed. I am going to change. I'm going to live legendary and I am going to change this culture and not be changed by it. Because let me tell you, the day, the rapture, hasn't come yet. So we, the church, are still here. 
We still have the Holy Spirit. We still have truth. We still have the Word of God. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is still King of kings and Lord of lords. And by the way, forever, always, will be. And we are a light shining in the darkness. We don't need to go hide. We don't need to throw in the towel. We don't need to give up. We need to stand and say, I am not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to be conformed. I'm not going to change. I will change the world that God has set me down inside of. Listen to me online or or podcast. Listen to me. There is a call of God on you your life. Call a God to not be changed and transformed by all of this antichrist mess, but to come into this antichrist world and to shine the light of Christ, to be legendary and to be a world changer. Legendary people are not changed by the world. Legendary people change the world. Let's be legendary like Paul. Let's be legendary like Daniel. Let's be world changers filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the truth of the Word of God. Let's proclaim the gospel of Jesus' name. Yes, the Antichrist world is going to oppose us, but so what? We are mighty warriors. Our arms are are trained for battle. Our hands can bend a bow of steel. We are mighty warriors. God is with us. We're full of the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We are together in this. If one Daniel can do it and one Paul can do it, then one little church ought to be able to make some difference as well. We are the people of God called by His name, not to conform to the pattern of this world, be transformed by the gospel of Jesus' name so that we transform the world that we live in. Hallelujah. I just would like to take a moment and would just like to address all the young people out there, all the young people in here. I know it is so easy to be influenced by the culture. Everything you hear in school all that you watch on TV, all that Hollywood says, all this pressure that is around you, I want to tell you right now, it is deceptive. There is not life in these things. There is only destruction. Our culture is resembling this, so you need to lift your head up. You need to wake up. You need to be alert. You need to watch out because the enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There is a call of God on your life to not be changed by this world, but to change this world. You are called of God, anointed, chosen, to be a Daniel, to be a Paul. Draw a line in the sand. Say enough is enough. Say I will not hide my light or let the enemy blow it out. But this little light of mine, declare it young people, declare it church. In Jesus' name, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine until Jesus comes. Remember what it says in Matthew 5. A city on a hill Shining its light can not be hid. 
If you will purpose to be a world changer and to shine the light of Christ, there is nothing the anti-Christ dark culture can do. The light will penetrate the darkness and lives will be changed and transformed. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's shine the light of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for coming and just taking over our service, just interrupting our time, just speaking to us. We pray, Lord, that you would always do this. We thank you for your presence here with us now that began right when we started to pray. Lord, we pray that you would stir our hearts, stir each and every one of us, stir everyone watching online, stir everyone listening to the podcast. Lord, stir the church in America. Help us to realize who we are. That we are the people of God. That we are aliens in this world. That we don't conform to the pattern of the world. That we're not changed by the culture. That we are called to be legendary and to change the culture. That something stir up on the inside of us that sings that little song in a declaration that from the deep places of our lives it says, I will shine the light of Christ. I'm going to let it shine and I won't let anything hide it or put it out. I, like Daniel, am going to be a world changer. I, like Paul, am going to be a world changer. Lord, I pray right now that there are some young people that are stirred And it will be said of them in the future what it was said of Paul. Man, this young person that has come here has has turned the world upside down. Raise up uh, some Daniels. Raise up some Pauls. Lord, raise up some Peters. Raise up some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Raise up some Davids, Lord. Raise up some Joshua's. Raise up some Esther's that recognize that they were chosen and called for such a time as this, not to conform, not to hide, but to change the world that you've called them into. Raise them up, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I can think of the, the little lady from the movie praying, raise them up, Lord, raise them up. And I just pray that right now, Lord, that you'd raise Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, raise me up. Raise up our church. Raise up the next generation. Lord, the children in this church, stir their hearts and raise them up and let them be world changers. Let them all the days of their lives shine the light of Christ. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we just ask you this morning, If today you recognize maybe I've been hiding my light a little bit, maybe I've been conforming to the world a little bit, but today I change. Today that's over. Today I declare I'll not hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. I just ask you to raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Amen. Hands up all over the room. My hands up as well, Lord. Jesus, help us. Help us to not hide the light of Christ, but to shine for you. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Stir within us a revelation and a passion for the church. Stir within us a revelation and a passion for the truth of your word. Give us courage to preach Jesus, not only with our actions, but with our voice. Not only with our voice, but with our actions. 
in everything that we do, everywhere that we go, in everyone we come in contact with, help us, Lord, to shine the light of Christ. This morning, if you have not trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, pray with me and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I ask you to come in. Shine your light in my life. And let my life forever shine your light to the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, God bless you. Continue to pray for the church. Continue to pray for our culture. Continue to pray for our nation. Pray for our young people. I just stirred. We got to pray for our young people. God bless you. Have a great week.